0: Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Reggie Miller, who is the Vice President global chief diversity equity and inclusion officer at mcdonald's reggie is an alum two-time alum of the university of arkansas with an undergraduate and master's degree and he has a tremendous experience he served in the u.s army reserve for eight years and he worked for walmart for many years he's had a wide variety of uh, experiences at walmart he spent time in store operations. Uh, he spent time at the home office in logistics and replenishment. He also has experience at Tyson Foods and in, in HR, uh, but many years of experience at Walmart, Sam's Club. And he also was vice president of global inclusion and diversity at VF Corporation prior to joining McDonald's as global chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. Reginald, we're really proud of what you've accomplished and thank you so much for taking time to visit with me today.
1: Thank you so much, Dean. Glad to be here.
0: Reggie, you've worked with some pretty (laughs) well-known brands in a wide variety of experiences. Very few people I talk to have experience in operations, logistics, replenishment, HR, et cetera, et cetera, at a really enormous companies. And so um, I would imagine that really informs your leadership style and uh, how you, you operate as a manager as well. When you um, left the University of Arkansas and joined Walmart, you know you were in operations to begin with, which is tough work. And then you went to the home office and replenishment. How was that transition from the university to the work world?
1: It was for me, it is a little different because I'm a bit of a non-traditional student. I actually went back later and finished both my bachelor's and 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 actually both of my master's degrees, one of those obviously being from the University of Arkansas. Um, and so I did it while working. I was already in the workforce. Went back to start uh, getting my uh, finishing my my bachelor's degree in 2006 uh, while I was still at Tyson Foods and just kind of run the gamut after that. Uh, and so it was interesting. One thing that you may not know is that I originally went to school in a dual degree program. The way it was pulled together is that I would do three years at Morehouse College in Atlanta get a degree in chemistry. So how about fast tracking that? (laughs) And then two more years at Georgia Tech and get a chemical engineering degree. Um, That was sort of my original path. And then, you know, life happens. But uh, I will tell you, because my wife is an alum of the college as well, my engagement with the University of Arkansas really goes back, you know, to the early 90s, that a program that the university used to run where diverse students could come up, for a day, spend time at the university, get to know it. Um, it was during the time where uh, Corliss Williamson and, and Scotty Thurman were, were roaming the campus. Oh, yeah. So it was it was really exciting. And so my love for the university goes back, you know, my entire life, especially being a native of Arkansas. But but what I will tell you is having been involved with college relations and I ran Walmart's internship program and MBA program at one time, um, it's a huge jump going from, whether you're an undergraduate or a graduate student going into your first corporate job and corporate environment. And the advice that I always give students is really focused in on, you know, not only how do you sort of find your way and find out what you're good at within their uh, that respective organization, but but two, surround yourself with people who are going to make you better. Uh, I did a once again, maybe a little bit non-traditional. So I'm a graduate of Osceola High School and I graduated on a Friday night, got up the next morning with my parents, drove to Atlanta and on Monday started summer school. So the summer before my official freshman year, I was already taking college courses on campus. The men that I met that summer are still friends of mine to this day. One is the head of medicine at Penn, one is a a tech CEO, Um, Another one is is a doctor. Another was an engineer at GM. All well accomplished, all doing well, all great family men, God fearing. And it really cemented to me that once again, you want to surround yourself with people who who are not just going to be yes men to whatever you're thinking um, or women, but but they can push you and inspire you truthfully to do better because not everybody's journey happened at the same pace or at the same time. Um, but to be in a place now, you know, more than 25 plus years later, where, you know, we've all been able to accomplish some success, especially all as African-American men, it is something really to be stated.
0: Wow. What great advice for our students. It's interesting that the effect we have on one another. And, and you know, the other thing I think about with that is, you know, surrounding ourselves with great people is tremendous. But then if we are intentional about trying to be encouraging and uplifting and strengthening to them, it becomes a virtuous cycle.
1: Absolutely. You're all pushing each other to get better. You know, when I think about the great sports teams, be it, you know, the number of great teams that we've had on the Razorbacks from your track to football to basketball to to, to all of the other sports as well. Um, When I think about many of the great sports teams that we think about, the the Magic Johnson Lakers or you know the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls that same element that I'm talking about is embedded within those things right you know Michael Jordan got better because of Scottie Pippen Scottie Pippen got better because of Michael Jordan I know maybe some people don't want to hear that but it's the truth and you know that ability and, and i and found even throughout my corporate career to be around people who will challenge you it's invaluable truthfully uh, and if you're not used to being challenged then maybe you should really look at the people that are around.
0: Well, Reggie, you know uh, when I look at your career, and you spent most of your time with with Walmart, but now you're you're moving to Chicago. You're with McDonald's, which is a remarkable company. I mean, Walmart and McDonald's are different, very different companies in some ways, but they're both remarkable companies. I know a lot more about Walmart than I do about. Uh, McDonald's because of where I am, but I've read a lot about McDonald's over the years, and I've been super impressed. I read a book a few years ago called *The E Myth*, and the, the the name of the book isn't very descriptive of what the book's about. But basically, the book's about when you, if you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur, you really need to be thinking about putting in good processes for everything. Absolutely, you know, documenting everything, making it be repeatable, making it be so that if new people come in, they can jump in easily. And I know, having been at Walmart, you must really understand that kind of an idea. But the example they use in the book is McDonald's. You know, I think McDonald's has mastered that beyond any company. Are you seeing that as well?
1: Absolutely. And in, in my history with McDonald's once again, goes all the way back to high school. It was my first job before I went to college and even to some degree during college, I would still work there during, you know, summer breaks and holiday breaks. And, and, but in returning essentially to McDonald's uh, last November and and having an opportunity to work in, in some restaurants in my brief time here, what most impressed me is not just the, you know, sustainability of the process, but also that there's a quality measure that goes along with that as well. So that, you know, if you're getting a, a, a order of fries, you know, and in Fayetteville or getting an order of fries in Hong Kong, that has the same quality level throughout the entire process. And, you know, and it's interesting when, when you kind of put the company side by side, Walmart and McDonald's, uh, you have two companies that employ combined over 4 million people around the world. Wow. And so... That kind of scale, that kind of leverage that you can do with companies that size is pretty remarkable. And then, of course, you know, with turnover, it's not like four million is stagnant. And so a number of people <laughs> walk through our, through our doors and you have to be able to build a company where both leadership is taught and that people's lives are made better through working for you, even if it was for a brief period of time in a restaurant or a store or a more sustainable in a, in a more corporate functioning role, the idea should be the same.
0: You know, a lot of students don't want to work in fast food or general merchandise or grocery or warehousing, et cetera, et cetera. But I believe, especially in high school, you know, I I worked at a dairy queen um, when I was really young and that fast pace where you're on your feet, you got to move, you got to think, got to deal with customers I think it's invaluable for the rest of your life.
1: Absolutely. I feel like I learned my first leadership skills uh, working in that McDonald's. Uh, It was where I learned lessons about inclusion. Um, I had people who worked with me and for me who were decades older than me. I had friends across the spectrum from LGBTQ to Middle Eastern to, you know, everything. You know, I learned a lot in in those early days working um, at a McDonald's, and, and I wouldn't take that away for anything.
0: So that's a good segue to your current responsibility in leadership. One of the most important, of course, empirical studies have shown that one of the most important variables in leadership is trust. There's got to be trust there, right? Yes. And trust is built upon. There's a lot of different studies have been done, but three things in particular. You know, one is competence. You got to be competent. Two, you've got to have integrity. People need to believe that you'll do what you say, and the third is they have to believe you have their best interest in mind. Yes. And and so I've thought before, diversity and inclusion efforts can build trust, right? If it's real, it builds that trust. Yes, I'm included in a part of this organization. But if it's not real, it can actually erode trust. So it's, it's a two-edged sword. It's kind of like, if a company's gonna do it, they better mean it or it's going to backfire on them. Have you have you seen that?
1: To your point about the role of an organization, be it the University of Arkansas, McDonald's, you know, wherever, there has to be some authenticity to it as well, right? You know, so to your point whether it's yes. real or not. Um, if it doesn't come across as authentic, people will sniff that out very quickly. And so I think for each organization, you know, they have to choose where do they sit on this journey around diversity, equity, inclusion specifically for each of us as leaders, you know, how do you make a connection with your team? I a mean, connection involves empathy, it involves listening, it involves a number of different traits. Are you accessible, right? Can I come to you? And once again, that's another sort of uh, outlier from trust. But that ability to feel, you know, like like a student feel like they can come to your office and talk to you, uh, or, or whether it's someone on my team or some anyone, with, any employee within a company that's important as well. And, and then that trust factor, I completely agree with you. It, it's central to it all. And I think as we go into 2021 and as we think about what I really believe is going to be a war on talent this year, as the economy continues to co- go back and globally, the economy continues to rev up as, as we hopefully wind down from COVID to some degree, the great employers, the great organizations uh, will be the ones who invested In building an authentic trusting environment for their employees, students, um, or otherwise, because they're going to have options.
0: You know, I read a book this summer called Untapped Talent by Danny Monroe. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the George Floyd killing occurred, we had at the University of Arkansas, we had uh, a, a hashtag that kind of went viral hashtag black at UARC. Yeah. and it was basically faculty staff students and alumni sharing experiences that they'd had from a, a racial perspective and i read it and i thought, I, I need to dig into this of course i've read a number of books on it now but this was one of the first ones and to your point about the talent battle that's going on you know i realized wow One way the Walton College could really help here is through DEI, uh, with respect to our faculty staff and students. I thought, wow, there's a lot of people out there that we're not reaching properly. So the way you described that, tying the DEI to the talent battle that's going to be going on, what's your view of that? Well,
1: you know, the the interesting piece,
0: you know, that I'm seeing in general,
1: right, is we're sort of at this inflection point, I believe, and, and many people will say, well, you're talking about racial inequality and, and other things. And actually, in this particular situation, I'm not. Uh, what I'm really talking about is we're at an inflection point in regards to how the changing demographics of both the country and the world are really starting to have an impact, right? So we're at the point right now, 2020, 2021, 2022, where we're gonna see a real impact of the needs of this younger generation, this more diverse younger generation, and what their expectations are within the workforce of companies uh, on social issues as well, really beginning to cement itself. My personal opinion is is that is sort of counterbalance between somewhat of the old guard trying to hold on to old ways. And I think a lot of the battles that you're seeing, socioeconomic, political is, is that sort of tugging at the old ways and this push towards uh, this new agenda for, for this current generation. The challenge, obviously, that, that we have as organizations between, once again, for-profit universities or whatnot, is to find that right rhythm and support the needs of what will be truthfully the, the ruling class, if you will, of this next generation going forward. To a point, you know, in the next 15, 20 years, where groups that we call minorities today will be in the majority in in this country. How each of our respective organizations react to that is an important one. We're all trying to figure it out at the same time. There's no sort of magic bullet to what that looks like. And then layer on top of it, the racial inequality, you know, global pandemic that we're facing as headwinds as well. And so it's a really, really, really interesting time. I think people will go back and look at the Lord of this period in our country, and our world's history, as an interesting one, as, as we really try and begin to make a transition from baby boomers and Generation X to this new generation and what their wants and needs are out of society.
0: I, I see why McDonald's hired you into this position. You have a very strategic, broad, global perspective on this. Well, thank
1: you. I appreciate that.
0: So, Reggie, the vision of the Walton College states to our teaching, research, and service to be thought leaders and catalysts for transforming lives. So there's two pillars of our vision, Mm -hmm. thought leadership and being a catalyst for transforming lives. And we came up with a tagline for the college that ties our vision to our values, which We didn't do this on purpose. It just worked out. So the values of the Walton College, which we defined in the 90s, uh, excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, the acronym spells EPIC. So we thought, well, that's neat. When we came up with it, though, the only meaning of EPIC really was uh, a long, heroic story or poem. And we thought that's really neat as we go on this journey for fulfilling our values, it'll be an epic journey, right? But later, epic started to mean great. And we thought this is a neat combination. And so our external relations team came up with this idea for a tagline for the college that was, be epic. But I'm curious, you know, as students are graduating, Reggie, you know, they're going to be looking at lots of organizations, and many of them are going to want to be working for you know, companies that value DEI. What advice do you have for them in figuring that out?
1: You know, one, I love be epic. I think those are words to live by, truthfully. And I've rounded out this saying just this year that you you should never let anyone stop you from being the best version of yourself. That's the the phrase. And I think it aligns a lot with be epic, to be quite honest. For For students who are graduating, I actually think they have a lot of research to do. They have to, you know, look at companies with an idea of can I be successful there? Does their values, like you mentioned, align with things that are important to them? Are they involved in causes that that they also align with? And even when they talk to managers at their company through interview process, at career fairs, virtually, whatever the case may be, do those leaders embody? the values that they're looking for as well. And and it's not a perfect science and, and, hey, we've all probably made mistakes in that process. But I think there's a lot of work to do to really figure out the simple phrase of can I be successful or maybe even can I be epic at that organization and know that maybe there are some roles within that company or even or roles at specific companies that might be stepping stones to the next one. But the reason why I've been using that phrase is because even if that role wasn't right for you, even if that company wasn't the right one for you, what you want to do is leave a legacy of being great in that role or at that company and and leave sustainable processes in place in the role that you it doesn't matter if you're an accountant working in HR, working in marketing, working in supply chain or operations, you would have, have wanted to leave your mark in the role, even if the company or role isn't necessarily right for you. Um, And so that would be the advice I would give to the students is one, make sure that for every choice of role or company that you look for places where you could be successful. But then two, leave a legacy, be epic in that role during the time that you're in it.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word. That's B-E-E-P-I-C Podcast. And now, Be Epic.